Hi friends and welcome to the Do Life Better podcast where you'll find all the tips, habits and strategies you need to help you do your life even better each and every day. My name is Dave Jorner and thanks for joining me today. Now, if you need an extra boost in your drive and focus for chasing your goals or just some time to reconnect with what really matters in your life, then I've got the episode for you. Now, I spoke with today's guest, Travis Jones, around this time last year, actually, when we were between seasons of this podcast, but it seems really fitting to be releasing it right now, particularly given everything that's going on at the moment. And I've decided to split this interview in half because we chatted for quite a while and I don't want you to miss out on any of his inspiration and wisdom. And as you'll discover in this episode, Travis is a highly driven, do-whatever-it-takes entrepreneur who is passionate about serving the community. He went from nothing to create results-based training, or RBT, which is a specialist body transformation gym in South Melbourne. With revenues in excess of $10 million, he now owns 16 RBT gyms. His other companies include Think Tank Australia, a cutting-edge coaching business which helps guide and coach SMEs on how to grow their businesses into successful brands. Started with his wife, Liv Jones, it saw one and a half million turnover within its first year. His other business, Attain Digital Agency, also with Liv, is a digital marketing agency that manages over one and a half million dollars worth of client marketing campaigns. Apart from their corporate ventures, both Travis and Liv have also gone on to create their passion project, If Not Now, Then When, a foundation established to change the lives of children all over the world. So during this chat, Travis shares why and how to manage your state so that you can be at your best, Uh, the importance of serving the community, how to build momentum and maintain it, his do-whatever-it-takes approach to gaining new customers and taking bold action. So I know you're going to be inspired by this one and make sure to share this on social media and tag me at Dave Jorner and Travis Jones at Travis Jones Entrepreneur. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy today's chat with Travis Jones. Hi, Travis. Thanks for joining us on the Do Life Better podcast today. Man, I'm so pumped to be here today. Um, I'm excited to, you know, chat and see what we can get. Absolutely, mate, for sure. And again, thanks for your time. Really appreciate that. And and speaking of time, I know that from doing some research on you and some homework, I know that you are a very busy, very driven man. And, and I want to get to your... Um, backstory in a moment just firstly how do you stay so driven so much of the time like do you have daily practices is it stories that you tell yourself like how do you do that it's interesting man i I think um you know motivation uh is a a fickle you know finite resource and you know most people like oh i just have to be waited to be motivated or anything like that and you know i think back to when i look at sports so many times i didn't want to train but you know athletes just train they don't wait for motivation to train they just get the job done Mm. and sort of taking that mindset into your business it's like you don't wait for motivation you just get the job done because some days you're not going to want to do it and other days you are. And the days you are, it's like, yes, let's get it done. And the days you don't want to do it, well, you know what? You know, adopt the athlete's mindset and not the amateur's mindset because amateurs just wait for motivation where athletes just get the job done. I think that's probably one of the biggest crucial things 
I can stay. And then the next one is like state management. It's like your state being in a positive or negative state. And I think that dictates your whole life. Um, it's so easy to be in a negative state. You know, you turn on the news or you, I don't really watch TV, but um, if you turn on the news or you read the paper or you read anything like that, there's always something to, you know, bring you down. There's always something to complain about as well. And you asked me a question at the end of this podcast, that's something I'm going to bring up. But um, with this, I think if you can protect your energy and protect your status, like truly protect it, then you can achieve anything in this life. And, you know, nothing positive can come from a negative state. So when you're looking at it, say you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off in traffic, mm. your first um, reaction when we're looking at the stimulus of someone cutting you off is the response is it's banged up straight on that stimulus response. The response is anger. The response is, you know, why did you cut me off? What's wrong with you? And we shift states and we can take that state into the next interaction with someone. Or if we're driving to work and we're supposed to be the most productive in the morning, we're taking this negative state into our work and it kind of flusters us and we can't get our momentum in the daytime. So, you know, looking at that and we can, if we choose, see the stimulus and we can choose a different response, which is empathizing with them or understanding maybe they cut you off because they needed to, maybe they're rushing to hospital to see a family member or anything like that. So rather than you being angry, like, like, you know, let me help you get there as fast as you can. Right. I'm not going to get angry at you. Like all of a sudden, it doesn't shift you from uh, the happiness that you should be in into the negativity, which could be frustration or anger. So all of a sudden, you're choosing better quality emotions. And, you know, I, I think that's such a big thing. And when we're looking at this, again, you know, so many of us, it's like, but you can't always be happy. No, 100% you can't be. Like, you know, you are a human being. There is stuff happening all over the place. But a friend of mine I talked to the other day, and he, and he really helps you know, men move forward in life. And he was saying to me what he does with some of his clients is he gets them to write down 20 to 30 things that make them happy. And if you ever get yourself into a negative state, then you just look at your list, and you go, okay, I'm going to pick something right now that could be happy. It could be you jumping in the car and listening like five minutes, like the, your favorite songs. Just start rocking out, you know, singing to these songs in the car. And it could be going to the movies. Like that could be two-hour thing that could get you there. But you want like, you know, five or six things that take anywhere from like two to ten minutes. And you do one of them and it's like, oh, I'm still a bad state. You do another one. You do another one. And soon enough you will shift from a negative state into a positive state. And it could be some big ones as well, like going on a holiday with your family. Mm. And you could do that every 12 weeks to lift up your state. But if you have this list of 20 to 30 things, all of a sudden you feel happy, you feel good, and you're always going to be more productive and you're always going to be more on fire and have momentum when you're feeling good. Nice. What are your main, what are your top ones? <laughs> For me, honestly, man, like music is one, definitely. Um, and another one is like, I have a bunch of photos that just make me happy, um, nice. with my family, yeah. like just like a little videos that I have on my phone. Like I have a Dropbox folder with, um, that I have videos on it that I've saved for my family, for my kids and my wife and stuff. And I can just watch them for like two or three minutes. I'm like, I'm so blessed because you can't have gratitude and anger at the same time. That's right. So like, it's impossible for them both to live in the same breath. 
So if we can go, oh, I'm angry right now. Okay, let's have some gratitude. Well, I personally have two legs, two arms. I'm talking to you via the interwebs. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and like, man, we are so blessed to be living in this day and age. I'm not going to war right now. I'm lucky. Um, and man, like there is so little to be angry about that I choose the perspective that I am so fortunate and blessed and if we can look at that, then I shift out of anger so far. So I look, I do some music, I watch some videos. If I need to, like, I will go see it. If I literally can't get out, I was like, I need to go get a massage. And I know if I get a massage, I could have sort of sit with my thoughts and I breathe. I can meditate for 10 minutes as well. So I'll jump on, I'll just go sit in the corner and I'll just meditate for 10 minutes. And normally it brings me back and centers myself a little bit. Um, those are three things I can do. And it's like, okay, cool. I just flip the switch. And I'm back on track. Nice one. I like that. I like the the, the idea about the videos and the photos. Um, and that's one thing that I because I travel a lot for work, and, and one thing that I do to try to reconnect with family, but also for that extra boost and the extra reasons to why I'm doing this. Like if I'm away, I'll bring up those little videos of my sons or the yeah. photos as well. It makes a big difference, eh? Oh, mate, it's so so good. And I only started this last year to be like a little bit differently. I've categorized. And months it's like a folder in Dropbox and I'll upload them into Dropbox like this year and my, my whole goal is at the end of the 12 months what I'm going to do is I'll get like I've got a VA and I'll get him to collage it in like this video that's like a 10 minute video <laughs> awesome. of all the moments that happened over the year and I, I'll tell you right now if I you know at the end of this year when he collages it if I ever feel negative I'll just watch one of the, like the 10 minute collage of the year and that's impossible to feel upset <laughs> Awesome, man. And one of the other ones that I use, I was telling you before, because this is our second attempt at this interview today, because <laughs> two days ago, um, it didn't work. My hardware, my external hard drive was busted. So I went out this morning and bought another one. I was feeling really tired, eh? And I, I, I knew that I was going to be talking to you, someone who's highly driven, and I wanted to punch out some work. You inspired me, Travis. Thanks to get some work done this morning. I was feeling so tired and like just inside my head. So I already did my exercise this morning before the day started. But when I got home, I just did something for like two minutes. Just a yeah. quick little workout for two minutes in my jeans and everything. And that plus the coffee completely changed my state. I was ready to sit down and punch out a whole bunch of work. Mate, like I think there was a study and I, I'm not going to – like I need to probably look at this study. There's a study about smiling more often. Yep, if you yep. just hold a smile for like two minutes, you might feel like you're holding this cheesy grin. You look like an idiot, but at the end of the day, who cares what anyone thinks about you? Go sit in the corner if you really care that much. But like if you just smile, like this big smile, all of a sudden your state shifts as well. And there's another thing called a power pose. So yeah, if you yeah. think about Superman, right, how does he, he stand? You like big chest, hands on hips. And all of a sudden, looking up to the sky, if you stand in a power pose, your cortisol actually decreases, your stress decreases, your testosterone increases, and all of a sudden, you start to feel great. Mm. And that's another two things you can do that just flip your state. You, if you want to move, you just you know jump on a rebounder or go for a walk, you know, like ground yourself with nature. You know, all these little things, instead of like just sitting there wallowing in a cubicle somewhere or sitting in your office and going, oh, life's so hard, because... Sometimes, trust me, the stories you tell yourself impact your, your state a lot. And if you just move, with movement comes energy and then you can you know, just flow it back in. Mm. Oh, absolutely. 
I like that idea about with movement comes the energy. Um, by the way, the, the idea about smiling and the power pose, I spoke about that in the previous ser- um, season of this podcast. Oh, really? And would you believe one smile apparently is as good for your brain as 2,000 pieces of chocolate? Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it stimulates well, your brain that much. I'll start doing that instead of eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Better for your gut too. Anyways, so you mentioned before about changing the stories inside your head. Yeah. Have you had to change your own stories or is this something that you work on intentionally regularly? 100%. Um, like when we look at like uh, versions of yourself, like the person who I was, you know, eight years ago or the person I was 16 years ago could not handle the life I have today. It would be, the challenges would be too great. They would literally break me. So what I was at one point, like along my journey, I was like, okay, I need to become the next version of myself right now because I was finding the challenges hard and I was letting the external world dictate my internal world inside my head. And I was putting this content out as we are right now. And and most of the time, or you do get positive feedback, but most of the time the feedback you get is negative. Um, like it's like, you know, there's like 10 times more negative feedback to positive. Like people will say you're great. And then there'd be like two comments, like, you don't know what you're talking about, what's going on. And where your focus goes, like your energy flows. Mm -hmm. Right. So you start like focusing on these negative comments. And I started to question myself. You start to get this like imposter syndrome a little bit. And it's like, like, am I credible enough to, to do this? And I got these people inside my head and I stopped sharing content. It was about, I don't know, probably about six years ago. And I stopped sharing as much content for about a year. I was mm. feeling unfulfilled. Um, and I was like, what, what's wrong with me? And I, I actually did Date with Destiny with Tony Robbins like six years ago. And I, I was telling myself, because I, I think it was much, must have been like a lack of self-worth or I was getting significance from other people's praise. So when they weren't giving me praise, then my self-worth would drop instead of you know building my own self self-worth from within. So for me, I created this mantra and it has a a couple of curse words in it. So I'm not going to say it on this podcast. Um, (laughs) um, Essentially, essentially, we can fill in the blanks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My mantra for me is not to give an F about anyone and what they say, as long as I'm contributing and serving society on a daily basis. Because for me, I would just say this and say this and say this. And it's like, for me, that is so important. It's like not to care about what anyone says as long as I'm contributing and serving society on a daily basis. And then I had to write a couple of things. It's like, okay, what does it look like for me to contribute and serve society on a daily basis? Like, what does that mean? Like, well, I need to grow daily and I need to contribute daily. So I had to get back to giving as much content as I could because I wasn't fulfilling my purpose or my destiny in life. And when you share, when you truly serve, then you can obviously truly lead. And when we're looking at this, like at Christmas as a kid or as you grow up from being a kid and you start giving gifts, like you feel so much better when you give than when you receive. So when I create content, I just think about it's like me trying to give a gift of the knowledge that I've tried to acquire over the years to someone else. And if I'm not giving the gift, I'm, I'm essentially like holding back and selfishly, I feel great for giving content. So it's like, it's a selfish thing for me. Absolutely. And one of the things that I have been, I suppose, working on a lot myself is that idea that it's not for everyone and that's okay. 
We don't have to please everyone. Our messages aren't going to be for everyone all the time. And, um, you know, there's going to be people who leave a one-star comment and simply put the word rubbish. And that's it. It's like, do you need a hug, mate? Like, <laughs> you're having yeah. a bad day. Okay. That was not constructive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but to also realize that, okay, this isn't for you and that's okay. It, what I'm trying to do is for other people who are really keen for this message and for this value and, and everything. So for me, one of those big areas of growth in these last two years have been, I suppose, rem- remembering that this isn't for everyone and that's okay. But in mm. doing so, it kind of helps me. I wonder if it's the same for you, but it helps me really hone in on my own message, on what I'm yeah. really about, not trying to be someone for everyone, but instead just for those who um, really connect with it. I think that is one of the most important things you can do. Like, I think when people do get lost in business or also in life, right, it's because they're trying to focus on trying to please the masses rather than please the few that really they connect with. When I say the few, there's billions of people on the earth, right? So you can connect with your 20,000 or 40,000 that are in line with your values. And not everyone will be in line with our values, but the right people will be. Um, and you'll truly connect with them. And Kevin Kelly wrote an article. It was for like rock stars back in the day. And he was like, all you need is a thousand true fans um, to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And it's like, if they just pay you like these thousand true fans, like 10 bucks a, a year and you sell your CDs to them, because it was obviously CDs back in the day, um, <laughs> then you would, you would, you would make your hundred K and it was about people living their purpose and people living their passion, which is obviously being a rock star. And I take this through to our businesses for like RBT or any of the businesses we have. It's like, we just need to find a thousand true fans and truly serve them uh, with what we believe in. And those thousand true fans will come to us if they resonate with our message. Absolutely. And in terms of, of, Finding those first thousand true fans. I'd love to hear about that, you know, how that went for you. And I was telling my oldest son this morning, um, who is eight, about how he couldn't believe it, um, about how you slept on the floor in the, your first gym because it was a cold morning this morning, right? And our dog was running around. I'm like, yeah, you use the, your dog as your blanket to keep you warm. And he couldn't believe it. He's like, but what about his house? I'm like, he didn't have a house. Like, it, it was the floor of the gym. Um, so, yeah, what was it like for you in, the, in those days? Well, it's interesting, man. Like, I I think for anyone achieving anything, you have to just truly commit. And when you truly commit, it's like you burn the ships, all chips in. This is my dream, and I'm making my dream a reality. So what I had to do was I had to give up the house I was renting, and I sold the car to get the lease for the first gym. And I was like, I couldn't afford both leases, um, the rent and the lease. I just moved into a three-by-three-meter room with my dog, Hercules. We didn't turn on the heat. Because I couldn't afford the like the heating for this like 700 square meter facility, yeah. so we just turned it off and we had this like little like electric portable heater that he basically sat in front of, and I sat behind <laughs> my dog. Um, and that was okay because I think if you have a, a, a strong enough purpose or a strong enough why, and you have some form of clarity about what you're trying to achieve, then that can fuel you. As long as you know that when we're looking at like leadership, you lead yourself. Um, as long as you know that tomorrow will be better than today and the day after tomorrow will be better again. And sometimes you can't see the end game, 
right? And you have at night time. You can't see the end of the forest. As long as you have your torch on and you can see the next tree, and when you get to the next tree, you can see the next one again. And step, tree by tree, step by step, you're building momentum and you're gaining clarity as you're going through the actual forest. And then you get to the other side. So many people don't start because they're like, I can't see the end destination yet. It's like you're not supposed to. You don't have all the answers just yet. You just need the first, to know the first one or two answers, and that should give you that hope inside that, that heart of yours to give you the passion that's like, I can do this. And I think that's what fuels you, right? Like I cooked in the, the gym on the on a little hot, hot pan, and that's where I met my wife. Um, she was a member, and um, I showered upstairs in like this one shower that we had at the time. Um, like, But I was so excited, and I had no idea about marketing, and I literally walked the streets to get our first like hundred members. Wow. What was that like? That must've been pretty confronting for you. And then, like, again, those internal stories of what if I get rejected? What if they say no? What if they, whatever, like how'd that go for you? Yeah, it's interesting. I lived in Canada um, a couple of years before I opened the first gym and I was working at a company called Good Life over there. It's different to Australia's Good Life. And I was a manager and I actually had an outdoor boot camp on the side. I started up and I had like female only. I had like eight females training and the uh, regional manager for Good Life came down, had a meeting with me and they're like, I'm sorry, but you, we're going to have to let you go. And they fired me. Um, and they said, you have a competing business with us. I'm like, you have 180 gyms. I have eight females in a park. Um, I, I appreciate your belief in me, but I didn't <laughs> think this was a conflict of interest. Um, yeah. But what I did, I was like, okay, well, it cost me about $100,000 a year to live over there at that time. And I was like, wow, I, I have enough money to last me like the next four weeks. And I, uh, otherwise I'm stuffed. I'll have to move back to Australia and you know, tail between the legs, all the rest of it. I was like, what do I need to do? I need to grow this boot camp to 100 people. I don't know how to market, but I can talk to people. And I have an Australian accent. I'm living in Canada. Now, where are females? And, you know, when we're looking at marketing, all marketing is stereotyping. So females, we're in the mall. Um, so what I did is I walked down to the local mall and it was a Burlington Mall in Toronto, just outside Toronto. And over the space of two different malls, after three days, I could get kicked out. Like it's kind of illegal what I did, but I walked up to 400 females. Wow. Um, I walked up with a survey and I said, Hey, my name's Travis. I have a personal training and bootcamp business. If you can answer three questions for me, you win two weeks of personal training. Would you like to win two weeks of training? They said, yes. My questions were like, you know, what was your uh, goals when you started at the gym? You know, or do you go to a gym and did you achieve those goals? And they're like three questions and they're like, oh, I won. It's like, fantastic. <laughs> well, um, let's book you in. Um, so I, I walked up to 400 females. Over 300 females told me to get lost. Mm -hmm. um, like 300. So I had like a one in four chance with this. And I got kicked out of one mall. It's like, mate, you, you don't, you can't walk up to girls in H&M. Like they kicked me out the mall and I went to another mall. But I knew that I was like this sort of gun to your head scenario when you have no other way, you must find the way. Um, and I had a hundred people that wanted to start and 80 turned up. And after the two weeks, I kept 40 in my business. So I had this, and I'm paying 200 bucks a month. So I had this $8,000 a month business within 21 days. And it just, it happened. And I took that same philosophy when I started RBT. I was like, I don't know how to market, but I know that I wanted 216 people to pay me $50 a week. 
Um, that was my first goal at RBT. It was a very specific goal, and that's all changed since then. But like, that was my goal. I was like, I'm going to make five hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. Um, and I knew that if I just walked up to and talked to enough people, and they came and experienced the sessions, the passion, the community, that I would keep them. And I had this goal of a hundred people every single week. And then South Melbourne, where we started, there was a you know sort of a local park where people ate their lunch. And I'm lucky I started in February. Um, I used to walk up to 20 people a day, five days a week. And I used to just offer them a month of training. And it's the same three questions, the same thing happens. And I did it religiously week in, week out, and within about eight to 12 weeks, I got to that first 100 members. And, you know, that was the start of RBT. And I knew that after a while, I was like, I can't keep this up. I need to learn how to market. I need to learn how to, to change things. But, you know, to start with, that was all the momentum I needed. I just need to start talking to 20 people a day. That's some That's seriously a- bold action. Well, I think if you want anything in life, it's bold action, right? Like, you know, when I, I wanted my to be with my wife, um, she we were best friends and she was moving across the world. We weren't really dating. We, we sort of kissed once and she's like, I'm moving. And I said, I, I don't want you to move. And she, she ended up moving and I chased her three weeks later. And I, I went to London and I stayed there for three weeks with her. And I was like, I'll close everything down and I'll move here because my life is not going to be okay without you in it. And, you know, we ended up being together and she moved back to Australia within two months. And, um, you know, then we moved straight in together. Like that was it. And, you know, then we, you know, do all the businesses together. We traveled the world together. We have two kids together. And I think anything amazing in life is not going to be comfortable. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything you want in life, that is like truly amazing. You have to get outside your comfort zone, cross this bridge into the uncomfortable land. And all of a sudden when you do it, it's like, wow, that, that wasn't that hard, but that was truly amazing. I think so many people need to become comfortable with being uncomfortable on a daily basis. Oh, for sure. And taking that massive leap. Um, <laughs> so you, you chase your now wife over to London. I did the same. Really? Yeah, man. So we, we, um, I, I didn't think she'd be interested in dating because she was going over to London, um, in about, uh, oh, I can't even remember, like six months, um, time type of thing. She's going to go for three years. I didn't want to go to London. Um, I didn't think she wanted to date anyone because she's going to London. And we finally had the chat and she's like, no, no, I want you to come with me. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> I've got to go to London now. So um, I went over there for a year and her three years, she cut that back to like 18 months or something. And now we're married and two kids and we don't have the two businesses together, but we traveled the world and stuff like that as well. But um, yeah, there you go. Sometimes it's just that that bold action, hey, that, that yeah, why it's not? It's a leaf, leaf of faith. It's like, yeah, why not instead of why? Mm. Um, it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, I just come back to Australia. Like they, if that's the worst thing that's going to happen, like that's a pretty good worst thing. Absolutely. The ability to take that bold action day in, day out, that resilience, where does that come from? Did someone teach you that? Do you think you've just had it for a long time? Honestly, man, I think it comes down to sport. Um, I would say that. Like I think the best leaders inherently that I've found inside my businesses 
have had some form of a sporting background where one, they had some teams they've worked with and they understand how to lead a team and work together as a team, but they also understand resilience, grit, delayed gratification. Um, like when you look at something like the Olympics, right? You train for four years to run a 10 second race. Mm. And if you lose, you train for another four years. Mm. Like that's some delayed gratification, crazy <laughs> stuff right now. For now, sure. but like when we're looking at teams, like you play for like nine months of the year to then like you have a couple of wins along the way, which could be like sales in your business or anything like that, same sort of thing, to at the end of the year, you either win the championship, and if you don't, you reflect, you get feedback, you train in the off season and you go again. And I think if you can, you can look at that and you look at sporting achievements or anyone who enjoys sport, they understand feedback so well. It's like, no, your pass was two, six inches too far back or you were you know, half a second too slow. Now to work on this, I'm gonna give you these tools. Now I want you to work on these every single day and in a month's time, we'll test you again and then we'll give you more feedback and then we'll test you again. And you know that there's no such thing as perfection, but you know the journey in itself is the whole game that you're trying to play and you're trying to achieve mastery. And I think, you know, there's different personality types, obviously, but I think for me, like, I want to be an achiever so I can, you know, fulfill my purpose in life and, you know, leave my legacy. So I'm constantly chasing mastery. So mastery in communication or having my, you know, being charismatic, uh, mastery in leadership and, you know, being there for my team, mastery inside my craft where I wanted to take it to this point as far as being able to transform lives and transform businesses. So I think if you understand that you have a, a growth mindset, rather than a fixed mindset, that's what gives you the ability to have resilience um, and go forward. And I think it came down to when I was playing under 12s, I was I got the coach's award at the end of the first season. And I was like, I am never getting the coach's award again. It's like, you know, that's okay to get the coach's award, anyone out there. But like for me, it represented like I, I turned up and so like at the off season between I was 12 to 13, I was like, I'm going to train and I'm going to train as much as I possibly can so I can get better. And the next year I, I was better and then I played state and I played under 18s Australia and that's what my whole goal was. And I wanted to, you know, be a, a footy player, a rugby league player growing up. Unfortunately, my life didn't go down that path, but I believe from sports, that's what grew with resilience and grit to be able to understand that, you know, failure is, is you know, not the end um, destination, that failure is only feedback. And if you learn from every mistake, then that's just the opportunity to move forward. So we'll leave it there until next week. And hopefully this first half has given you the boost and inspiration you need to start or continue taking the positive action that moves you closer to your goals. And I'm sure his tips and reminders about mindset were incredibly helpful as well. Now, make sure you do tune back in next week because Travis talks about how he overcame many of his fears, the importance of self-validation, what keeps him driven and going through the forest of your potential. Now, I know you'll find this one really beneficial as well. And please make sure you share this episode with someone you know who needs to hear this message today and also share it on social media and tag Travis Jones at Travis Jones Entrepreneur and tag me as well at Dave Jorner. 
You're also very welcome to join us in the Do Life Better Facebook group too. And if you are still listening right now, that must mean that you really get a lot out of this podcast. So please leave a rating and a review. That would be a really big help for me and for the podcast. So thanks again for joining me today and all the very best as you continue to do your life even better.